Good morning and welcome to the Alamo City family today. I'm so glad that we're getting to have this time together. Shirley and I, as you can probably tell, are not in San Antonio. We, we have making our annual uh, trek to the Northern Rockies where we've been coming for about the last 20 years at some point during the summer, just to try and to get a break from the heat in South Texas, but also for a time of refreshing and being out in a God-made world and, and just enjoying time with him and time with each other. I wish you all were here, but but since you're not here, let, let me let me just talk to you a little bit this morning. I, there's been something been working in my heart that I that I, that I just need to get out, and I and I'm praying that this will be an encouragement uh, to you in a in a very specific way. Here, here's what we're going to call it: the truth about trouble for the child of God. The truth about trouble for the child of God. And you know what? the truth about trouble for the child of God is not that I'm in trouble because God doesn't love me anymore. It's not that I'm in trouble because God is angry with me and has had enough to do with me. It is rather, I may be walking through some seasons of trouble or difficulty or deep weeds as sometimes we call it, not because God doesn't love me, but because that may be the very setting in which he chooses to demonstrate, to prove to me, to show his love for me like I have never experienced it before. The Lord uses contrast. God will teach by contrast, light and darkness, up and down, good and evil. He can use the contrast of the sorrowful things going on around us, the unloving things going on around us, to be the backdrop for him to just move right into your heart and into your mind and to convince you down to your toenails that he loves you, that you belong to him, that he's got you, that what you're going through isn't gonna last forever, that it will come to an end because he is in charge of the ultimate results in your life and my life. We, we would think, well, Lord, couldn't you come up with a better way? You know, could, couldn't there be something other than trouble that I would have to go through in order to know your love? Well, he, he can express and he does demonstrate his love to us in other ways as well. Sometimes it's just by, by, by blessing us so much that our socks roll up and down, blow our hat in the creek, like Simon Peter in the boat that, that, that time when they, they fished and fished and fished, hadn't caught anything. Jesus gets in the boat, tells them what to do. And, and I, I tell this story so many times because I just, I just can't get over it, how Simon hadn't repented of anything. Simon Peter hadn't sworn allegiance to Jesus and was gonna follow him yet, that would come but his saying that he would follow the Lord and leave, leave and fish, leave his food, came after what Jesus did for him, just, just blessed him with a boatload of fish. He, he, and, and then his response to that was, he fell down on his knees in his own boat and said, Lord, depart from me for I'm a sinful man. It was the goodness of God in that sense that led Simon to repentance as, as Paul would write in the early chapters of Romans. So it, it, it's, not, it, it, it's not that it's only the tough things that the Lord uses to teach us, 
but he will say, you, you, you're, gonna, you're gonna find tough places living on planet Earth, that, that you be of good cheer, I've overcome the world, but you're just gonna need to know in the world you're gonna, you're gonna have tribulation, you're gonna have some, some tough spots. And that may be where you are today. That, that may be a season that you're walking through. We, we, most all of us, if we're honest, would, would have to say we've been there. And there may be some things we've been through and it's in the rearview mirror. There may be some things that's just in the front windshield. We're driving through it right now. The truth about trouble for the child of God. It isn't that God has stopped loving you. It may very well be that it is going to be, if you open your heart up to it, if, if, if you'll just say, Lord, I, I, you're gonna have to help me here. If, it may be the very spot where he proves to you in the face of rejection, in, in the face of abandonment, in the face of confusion, whatever it may be that could be going on around you, that he just moves into your heart by the power of his spirit, and he speaks to you in a way that you will know he's talking to you. And you hear these words, this sense, if not these exact words to your heart, I love you, I love you, I'm with you. You're not an orphan. I haven't left you, I'm here, I'm with you. I love you, I love you. These others are saying they don't love you. These others are walking out of your life, but I'm here and I'm not leaving and we'll go through this together and we'll get to the other side, you will see. There's something about the contrast, my brother, my sister, of what you're going through, what you may be feeling and facing, the contrast of that with the true heart of God for you. That's just something that you'll look back on very likely and realize if I had never gone through that, if I had never faced those things around me, the, the, the rejection, the abandonment, the, the accusation. If I hadn't walked through that and that that was the spot where the Lord made known his love for me, I don't know that I would have ever really known how much the Lord truly loved me. He teaches by contrast. He will use the contrast of the difficult to show you, to reveal to you the depth of his heart for you. Now the apostle Paul, that's where we're headed. And, and his letter to the Romans. And if there's anybody on the face of this earth following Jesus who, who knew what trouble was about as a follower of Jesus, it certainly would be Paul. Now here, here's, here's, what, here's what he writes. I want you to just jump in with me. Romans chapter five, verse five, ch chapter five, verse one, excuse me. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You wanna have peace with God? You want to have the sense that the heavens are opened and there's favor coming to you instead of being worried when's the next shoe going to drop and I'm going to get what I've always deserved. The peace with God comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ by faith, meaning that I've put my trust and faith as best I can in what Jesus did for me on the cross. He died in my place. He died for my sins, took my guilt, my shame, my faith is in what he did for me. And on the basis of that, the scripture says we are made right. We are set right in the sight of God. We're no longer a sinner needing to be forgiven. We are sinners who have been forgiven because of what Jesus has done. Our record has been cleared. That's that word justified. It, it, it's more than forgiven. 
It's more than forgiven of the, of the offense. It means that your record in the sight of God has been cleared. They've been removed as another spot in scripture would say as far as the east is from the west. But the literal understanding here is that those sins don't exist anymore. They, they, not even east or west. The, the record is clear. The, the line item sin here, sin with this person, place I ignored the Lord for that season in my life, all of those things, when my faith and my trust is in what Jesus has done for me, all of those line item sins are deleted and we are forgiven and we are clean and the heavens are open, the relationship with the Lord is there, we have been justified and we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Have you had that relationship? Um, with him? Have you, have you stepped into that? Maybe, maybe you, you've heard in some ways about what, what it means to be born again, born from heaven, really is what that word means. Jesus says you must, you must be born again. That, that, but that has to do with receiving Jesus into your heart as your personal savior, meaning you're believing that Jesus died when he died on that cross, even though it was 2,000 years ago, he saw you and me coming, and he died on the cross for my sins. You believe, you're believing that he died on the cross for your sins. You're receiving what he did for you on the cross, believing that in the sight of God, that's where forgiveness is found. Not, not in other ways, you know, if, if giving money, if doing charity, if, if just being kind and turning over a bunch of new leaves, if that, was, if that was all that it was to get forgiven, be right in the sight of God, then the death of Jesus on the cross would have been a total waste. But that's why Jesus would say, I am the way, not a way, not one of many, not a multiple choice. He says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No man comes unto the Father, unless they come by way of me. No, what one way to heaven, and that's by way of Jesus. It, it's not intended to be exclusive, it's tended to be incredibly inclusive. Whosoever will may come. He knocks on the doors of hearts and he invites all to come into that relationship with him. And I just, if, if that's never happened, you know, if you, if you know the songs of the church and you know, the, you know the protocol of the church, or maybe you do, maybe you don't, but it's never come down to a relationship with Jesus where you took personally as your very own, you took as your own his death in your place on the cross. That's where it all begins. That's where the forgiveness comes. Then that's where the life of Jesus begins to work within us. We receive him by faith. His spirit moves into our hearts. He begins to take up residence within us and things are different from that point on. The measure of power, the, the ability to understand, the ability to get it as far as the things of God are concerned, it all starts right there. So that's why Paul is very, very clear about this. He says that we, were, that we obtained introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand, this place where God has provided for us and all we are required to do and invited to do is to receive what he has done for us through Jesus. But then he, he, he moves on down. Look, look at verse three. Now this, this is where we start hitting some of this trouble business. He says, and not only this, but, but we also exalt. He says, we exalt. That means we rejoice. Even the word celebrate wouldn't be too, um, too much of a, of a description of that term. We, we, we also exalt in what? Our tribulations. Knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance. And perseverance, proven character, 
and proven character, hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Now just stop just right there. Now that verse five is, is loaded. They're all of them strong, strong statements. But there is, there is an insight, there is a truth declared in Romans 5, 5 that is, is just absolutely earth-shaking, groundbreaking for the child of God to get a handle on. He says, because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. In other words, he's saying this matter of knowing the love of God for you, this matter of having a sense of how much God loves you is not a mental function. It, it, it is not just hearing information from others who would be trying to tell you or even reading it from the scripture as true as the scripture is. But he's saying here that the ability to know the depth of God's love in my heart, in your heart, is a work of the Holy Spirit of Jesus causing the love of God, and he uses to be shed abroad in our hearts. It's the work of the Spirit doing that. Now, you, you, but, but we got to back up, because he, he, he strings some of these words together, and they're, and they're a little bit, they're, they're a little bit peculiar, we, we, might, we might go so far as to say. Look, look back up at, at, at verse three again. We exalt in our tribulations. Now, tribulation is a, it's a, it's, it, it's stressful places. It's crushing places. The word literally comes from a verb that means to crush, to crush. Things going on in our lives that can crush us. We exalt in those places that crush us. Why? Knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance or endurance. You, you're not going to, you can read books about somebody else enduring and having perseverance, but if, if you hadn't gone through anything, you, you and I don't know the first thing about endurance, first thing about perseverance. But he says the tribulation or the crushing times come about for the purpose of developing perseverance, perseverance, endurance, not quitting, not quitting. And perseverance produces proven character, proven character. A, a character that, that is not just good in theory, but a life, a person who has actually lived out what they have said they literally believe. So he says, we exalt in our tribulation, knowing that tribulation or trouble brings about perseverance. Perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope. Now, isn't that, isn't that an interesting thing? Proven character, you're, you're, gonna, you're gonna have perseverance. You, you stick with it, you don't quit. That proves that you're not just all talk, but, but that you live it, you will, you will walk it out. But then it, he says, he uses the, the connection that proven character will, will be that which results in hope. Somebody who has been through it and hadn't quit. There's gotta be a reason that they hadn't quit. And he says here, it's hope. 
And then he goes on to say, and hope does not disappoint. Now the backdrop for all of those statements, all of those declarations is, is what, he, what he comes to when he says in verse five, because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. The reason that you put up with the tribulation, the crushing places, the reason that you stay with it and don't quit, you endure. The reason that that moves into a season where your character is proven and hope still is alive in your heart is because anchored in the center of your soul is that you know that you know that you know that God loves you. That you're not an accident, that, that you're not an afterthought, that, that you're, but, but, that, but that he has caused by the work of his spirit in your heart, he's caused you to know that he loves you. And, it, and, and Paul will say, we're going to come to it again in, in, in Romans chapter 8, he, he will, he's saying the, the backdrop of things that, that can crush us, the backdrop of things that don't leave us, so we persevere the backdrop of things that leave us in that place so that, so that it, we, we stay with it enough and we, we can't give up, we can't quit because hope is alive. Those are there because there's a knowing in the heart of the child of God that God loves me. Jesus died on the cross for me. The demonstration of God's love for me is seen in the cross. I hadn't repented, I hadn't, I hadn't done the things right that I needed to do. I had committed all of these things wrong in God's sight. I was even hostile in many ways to what he stood for. And yet still, Jesus died for me. He, he died for me 2,000 years ago, but he saw me coming. He knew I would need a savior. And I was brought to the place, my eyes being opened, I received him into my heart as my savior because he loved me. What, that's what he did then. He loved me then, but his spirit has continued to work in my heart, causing me to see deeper and further that I am loved by God, even in the face of this stuff that's going on all around me. That's telling me one thing, but the spirit of God in my heart is telling me something else. Now I get tickled about this, and and it, it's not a it, it, you know it's not a ha ha kind of laughter. It's just a joy. That, that you you talk about your world being changed, and and the things that that we can't change that seem to come our way that we would wish our flesh would say. There's a part of us say I, I I I wish I never had to deal with that, but it's coming anyway. In that place instead of trying to run from it, instead of just trying to deny it's not happening. It, 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 it is what it is. But what if the Lord in that place is wanting to prove to you, is wanting to show you, if you'll just begin to say, Lord, I, I need for you to shed abroad your love in my heart because I'm, I'm having a hard time feeling love from any direction and especially from you. You see how he worded that that the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts, not in our brains, not just in our minds, but in our hearts. And Paul used that word prompted by the Spirit very intentionally, that it is an emotion 
It is an emotion. It is an emotion based upon amazing facts that Jesus demonstrated, God demonstrated his love for us, Romans 5, 8, because of Christ's death on the cross. That was the demonstration. That's where it started. But there continues to be this working of the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Jesus literally alive inside of us, causing his love to be made known. Now, that's, um, he speaks of that in, in Romans chapter 5, but then I want you to turn over just a few more chapters to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. He comes back to it again. The truth about trouble for the child of God is not that God doesn't love you. It is that in that place of trouble, you watch the Lord prove to you his love for you. You've got to be open to it. You've got to listen. You can't be believing the enemy's lie that, well, this is happening to you because God doesn't love you anymore. Or this is happening to you because you've messed stuff up so bad that there's no way out. We've got a choice. We can listen to the enemy to make those accusations and accuse us before God and God before us, the accuser of the brethren. Or we can just determine, wait a minute, all things are under the feet of my Lord and my Savior. Everything that has a name has to answer to him. If he's allowing this in my life, then what is it that he's wanting me to glean from this season, from this time? Paul would say to any one of us, prompted by the Spirit, and we read his words, the Spirit gave him to put down, he would want us to know the truth about trouble is that in the place of the trouble, you watch the Lord's love for you be made real in your heart in a way that you've never known. Here's how that hit me. I went through, you know, I've been through a few seasons where, you know, the preaching would make some folks mad, you know, and I'm just trying to open the Bible, go through the Bible, and I, you know, and in church settings, and I'd have folk get so mad and, you know, and just want to leave and, and get rid of me. I've been, been through that kind of thing too. But it was in the, it was in one of those places where it just seemed like everybody that ought to be respecting the position that, that I felt like the Lord gave me in the church and the, and the, what I was doing to try to, try to teach and preach the word. Those folks ought to, they ought to appreciate it a little bit more, but instead of that, they were trying to run me out of town. Just, just run me out, destroy the ministry, everything. Just get, just get rid of him. But it was in, it was in that place when it was, it was so sad and it was so hard. I felt like the Lord said to me one day, when I was like, I just said, Lord, it seemed like they, 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 they all, they, they all have turned. Against they, 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 there's rejection. There's rejection there. But I felt like the Lord said back to me, but I haven't rejected you. But I love you. But I love you. It was, that's why I'm saying, he teaches through contrast. I could see faces and I could hear words from one saying the exact opposite. But in the context of what others were aggressively, actively, nonstop saying, to my spirit, I felt like I heard the Lord say, but I love you, but I love, not because I was perfect or not because I had all the attitudes right toward the people that were upset and so forth. It was just that statement of his heart that in the contrast, it, 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 was, it was the powerful contrast 
powerful voices were saying one thing, but the voice that just settled it in my soul, don't quit, don't give up, stay the course. I love you. I love you. I lo Some of you have been through divorces. Some of you have been through changes professionally in your job and, and decisions have been made where it just, it, it was just tough and it was cold and it was calculated and, and it's just really hard to ever forget. But I've heard one say, it was in the place where my ex was rejecting me and being cruel and, and the setting was awful, but it was in that place of being rejected by my ex that I came for the first time really to know the love of God for me, for my soul. I've heard business people give the same kind of story. It looked like invested in a company, done, you know, done a lot of work, long hours, so forth, and, and, and really given your life. To, and then all of a sudden something changes and, and you're out the door, carrying your stuff in a box to drive out of the parking lot for the last time. And even on the way out, or even having to deal with it, maybe later, left the building. But to hear that to your heart, but I love you, but I love you, but I love you. Who's that talking to you? That's the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Jesus shedding abroad in your heart the true love of God for you. Folks, I'm telling you, if the rapper to know that in our hearts has to come with misunderstanding, with accusations, with trouble, with whatever it can be. But the gift in the middle of all of that is to have the Lord speak to your heart. But I love you. It, it, it will change things. Now, now look, this is, this is how Paul, he's so consumed by this, by this reality. The truth about trouble for the child of God is that it can be a place of triumph. It can be a place of incredible breakthrough. It can be a place of, of cement settling into your soul where you're not knocked around. You got some granite anchoring your feet that no matter what others would say, where there is the sense in your heart of the love of God for you, you're different, you're changed. You, you, you're, not, you're, you're not fly by night. You, you're, you're able to, to stand and you stand there, you stand in that place because hope is real. Hope is alive in your heart. That what the Lord has said, the Lord is going to do. You know, and I, I just tell you, it, it's great to be in crowds of believers. It's, it's great, you know, and I look forward to the time when folks will be, have more and more freedom to, to, to come back to church and we can physically be in the same place together. But I tell you, and that, that's good. That, that's, and that's how heaven's gonna be. It's gonna be a, a massive gathering of the family being at home in the Father's house. But there's something about my brother, my sister, I don't know who I'm talking to, Somebody needs to hear this. For some of us, the best place, the right place for us to learn what God wants us personally to know, to know deep and to carry the rest of our lives on this earth and even on into heaven, sometimes the best place is a lonely place, an alone place. 
And it can seem like at times where you'll find yourself in a spot very alone, even though you're in crowds of people, but nobody really seems to understand what you're walking through. Nobody, they may love you, they, they may try to be supportive, but they can't feel what you're really walking through. And that's what I'm saying to you. It's at that place, nobody but Jesus, nobody but Jesus knows truly what you're walking through. And it's in that place where it's just you and him. And, and, the, and the, the throngs are out here, the crowds are out here, they're saying what they're saying. But in that alone place with just you and Jesus, you listen, you listen, because you're liable to hear him saying, I love you, I love you, I'm holding you. you. You're not going anywhere. This will pass, but this was for, this re the reason for this to happen is so that you will hear me say, how much you mean to me, to my heart. I, I chose you as my very own. I chose you to be a part of the adopted family of God before there was ever a San Antonio or a dirt that San Antonio was built on. I chose you because I love you, because I love you, because I love you. Look, look, at, what, look at what Paul says. This, this is um, all in the context of, of the love of God, and he, and he he, he, he writes in verse 31, Romans 8, 31, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who's against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? The, the, cross, the cross was not just the suffering of Jesus the Son, but the cross was the demonstration of how much the Lord would love a fallen race by giving his only pure son to die as a sacrifice for people who had never said, I'm sorry, who had never said, God, I love you, who, who had never changed anything. He just so loved a reprobate, rebellious, godless, selfish, warring, human race. He so loved the world that he gave Jesus. That's the act. That's the demonstration. But what Paul is saying in Romans 5, and he, and he brings it back up here again, is that that was, that was where it started. That was the demonstration of his heart. But that kind of heart continues. That kind of heart continues to live and flow. And that kind of heart wants those for whom Christ died to know how much they are loved. That it's not just a memory of something way back then, not just a cross around your neck, but it's a knowing in your heart because the voice of God by his spirit into your spirit is saying, I love you. I love you. I love you. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? Who will bring a charge against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is he who died. Yes, rather, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who also intercedes. All of those things. That who, who, who's going to be able to, to, to bring a charge against someone for whom Christ died? 
God has already declared that one not guilty, not guilty. Can't, that charge will not stand. Condemnation, that's the passing of sentence, the passing of a sentence that someone is found guilty and here's the, here's the payment that they must, that is required of them. Jesus paid the debt. Jesus paid the price. So there, there can be no condemnation. There can be no charge that stands because of what Jesus has done, because of the love of God, the love of God, the love of God for us. Those are facts. That's what happened. But, but now watch how Paul continues. Verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Now he uses who, that's a personal pronoun rather than what, which would be an impersonal pronoun. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Who meaning a person? What kind of person? Big, loud, influential? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Who has the power to do that? Who has the ability to do that? Shall a person behind the tribulation, shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Do, do you see that? The truth about trouble, Paul is saying right here, the truth about trouble, i.e., tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword. The truth about that trouble, when that comes, when it knocks on your door, when some of the double first cousins of those things start coming your way, you ought to understand that's not happening because God doesn't love you. Here he says it, who shall separate us from the love of God? And then he starts listing those things people who could be behind those things, peril and sword, even, and Paul would eventually be, be put to death. He would be martyred for, for, for his faith. But even ones who have the power to bring those things against us do not have the power to cut off the flow of the love of God, the love of Jesus for your soul. Paul would face many things, and, and he, would. he would. He would face a martyr's death. But he would go on to say, now this is where I want you to keep reading with me here. Just as it is written, verse 36, for thy sake we are being put to death all day long. We were considered sheep to be slaughtered. That, that, was, that was to be the lot of some of the ones who would seek to follow the Lord and do, do what God would, would want them to do, and it would cost them. But he says in verse 37, but in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. In all these things, what all things? Tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, we, we overwhelmingly conquer. How in the world do we overwhelmingly conquer if that stuff's coming at us? He's not, he's not going to be able to say that all of, that, all of those things, all of those pressure points ceased, that, that they went away. There would be a, a surviving and a lasting through in many cases. But what's he talking about when he says we overwhelmingly conquer? It's got to go back up there to where he, where he starts at verse 35. Who has the power to separate us from the love of God, from the love of the Lord Jesus Christ? Who has the ability, even though they can do all of these things, may be able to do these things to us and against us, they don't have the ability to shut off, get this, the flow of the sense of the love of Christ for me in my heart. He's saying the more they bring it, 
the more of the sense of God's love for me rises up in my heart. Famine, nakedness, peril, even sword. They don't have the power to stop the flow of the love of Jesus being shed abroad in my heart. It isn't about getting some magical formula, scriptural formula to rebuke every demon and get all the trouble out of the way. This is something infinitely beyond all of that. It is that when that stuff is coming at you on steroids, there is a louder voice. There is a greater reality that causes you to know you are loved by me, the God of the universe. I saw you. I bought you with my own blood, Jesus the Christ. I love you. I love you. This is just temporary. Everything you see in here is just temporary, but you are unendingly the object of my passionate love for you as my child. Oh, goodness. But in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. We overwhelmingly conquer when the enemy is trying to throw the lies. Well, look, look at this. Look at, and, and, and you go through some of those, some of those terms, even if it's nakedness, that, that, that means destitute of decent clothing, peril, physical dangers. Um, um, the, the, the word for distress means, it comes from a word that means tight places that they squeeze you, that they, they, they try to bring pain and loss and deficiency in, in, different, in different ways. But even when those things are there, and there are ones who have ability to bring a measure of those things against, for there to be the realization that there is the power of the Spirit of Jesus to cause you to overwhelmingly defeat what the enemy is trying to convince you of through the things that he's using people to bring against you. It is the defeat of Satan's scheme to discourage you, to dishearten you, to cause you to think, to believe the lies of the enemy that, that, that God is not loving you anymore. Paul says there is an overwhelming conquering of what the lies of Satan are trying to produce in our minds by the work of the Spirit causing the love of God to keep on being shed abroad in our hearts. The, the, the battle, the battle, as Paul sets it up here, seems to be what's going on, what's happening in the hearts of people, not just the physical, the, the physical dimension of their lives, but within the heart, within your heart. Now that, that X may be, may be going crazy. The, the, former companies, former what it may be. There may be all kinds of stuff happening out there, but listen for this, my brother, my sister. What if the Lord is wanting to use that whole backdrop of rejection um, and, and, and various forms of alienation or whatever it would be and, and, and would, would try to be crushing your spirit that you're, you're, you're a nothing, you're a loser, you, you, you'll never rise above this. This, uh, this is always what it's going to be, that this kind of thing. Th that's what the enemy's trying to do. He's trying to convince you of one thing by using physical circumstances to buttress his presentation. But the overwhelming conquering here that Paul's talking about is the devil's not getting to first base. 
I'm refusing to believe those lies because I'm hearing another voice to my spirit. Satan can use voices to try to cloud our minds, but only the Holy Spirit can speak to your spirit. And you know who you really are? You are who you really are in your spirit. So he, and he finishes the chapter with this, but in all these things are overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. <laughs> and then he just, he's not through. He says, for I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Look at that again. For I am convinced, I am persuaded, I, I, am, I am convicted. It, it's not just something I think about as a possibility. I know this is true, that neither death, nothing in the way of death, nor anything that could come in life, nor angels, nor principalities, nothing in the demonic realm, nothing even in the demonic realm, supernatural realm, nor things present, things that, it, that could be seen at hand, nor things to come, nor powers, height, depth, nor any that shall be able to separate us, shall be able to cut us off from the flow of the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul sitting in a, in a smelly, rat-infested prison cell in many of the letters that from, from the places where he would, he would write, whether it be Philippians or Ephesians or others, and, 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 and there would be nothing, there would be nothing in the natural that would cause him to be encouraged. It would cause him to have a sense of hope, nothing in the natural. But he writes this as testimony to what he's been convinced of. It doesn't matter where I am. It doesn't matter who's around me or who's not around me. It doesn't matter the threats, the things present threatened or the things to come threatened, life or death, it doesn't matter because there is nothing that can cut me off from, that can cause me to be separated from the love of God. Do you see that? Here, here, here's the love of God, the, the, the spirit of being shed abroad, the love of God being shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. That's the flow of the sense of the love of God into our hearts. And here Paul is saying, I'm convinced that there is nothing that can shut off the flow of that Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord, reassuring me, causing me to know that I am loved by God. No matter if the devil himself stood there, I would know. No matter if it was the Roman emperor himself, no matter if it was a whole band of, 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 of angry people in a mob scene in, in, in Ephesus or, or Colossae or Philippi that would be coming against him. They don't have the power to stop the flow of the love of Jesus for my soul from coming into my heart. Do you, do you see that? Do you get that? I, you know, I, I'm, I can't tell you that, 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 that all the days of, of my life, I've, I've known that, have walked in that, but I can tell you from the very first time about, I saw that Romans 5, 5, about the love of God being shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. 
I wanted to know that, and I still want to know that. I want to live in that place. Because if you've, if, if you've lived, if you've grown up in a setting where maybe you just really didn't know that you ever met approval of parents or, or, or important people, in your life, important to you, that 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 sense of, of, of always walking around with you know with your soul in your hand. Would you please like me? Would would you please like me? Would you would you please approve of me? And then again and again, it doesn't happen, and you, and you find yourself disappointed. What in the world happens when, to your spirit, you hear the sense of the Lord making very clear to you, "I'm the God of the universe." I, I, I am the one who created everything that is. There's nothing that has a name that isn't under my feet. And I'm telling you, I love you. You are mine and I'm holding you. You are not an orphan. I love you. All of a sudden, this thing of having to run around trying to find people to like you and approve of you, that gets set back in its proper place that because the Lord loves me, and I, mean, you know, I think you're getting this by now, I'm not talking about just the knowledge in the head, oh yes, God loves me, that's not what I'm talking about. That's not what I'm talking about. That you cranially agree with some biblical truth. I'm talking about feeling it. I'm talking about an emotion that fills the vacuum in your heart of needing to be loved and wanting to be approved, and so that that big place that can be inside all of us, and it can vary in size from time to time in our lives based on how smoothly things are going or how approved we seem to be from others around us. But it's an emotion. It's a most holy emotion. And for Paul to say, I'm convinced that there's no demon, there's no devil, there's no power, political power, there is nothing present, there's nothing that come in the future that could cause me to be separated from the flow of the sense of God's love for me. That's the only way that God made it. And to be able to say the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. He, he, was, he was writing that, speaking into our lives, regardless of the circumstances of our lives, that that's what the Lord wants us. And the first evidence of the fruit of the Spirit is love knowing that we're loved. Now, folks, this isn't something that we got to beat ourselves up about and try to, you know, I, I, why, why haven't I ever experienced that? Why, what's my problem? What's my problem? Don't, don't go there. It's just read this, read this in your Bible. Go back to some of these places. And this is what I do. When there's something that, that I believe I don't have, I don't fully understand, I hadn't fully grasped it, I, I, I don't know that the Lord has shown me all he wants me to know there, which can be, and there are many places and many times that I've, I take this old, I take this old Bible, find that verse where the Lord states it out of promise, and I just say, Lord, Lord, that right there, right here, would you do what you said right there, in here? I'm trusting you. I'm believing that every syllable you ever spoke in this word is true, and I need that, Lord. I need you to shed abroad your love for me, in my heart by the power of the Holy Spirit. If I'm talking to somebody who, who, is, who is battling rejection, 
who is who, who who's battling a sense of defeat and pessimism, and that that you know all, all the things that can come to beat us back and press us down. I want to encourage you to take Romans 5, 5 to heart. Ask the Lord to do that. Ask the Lord for that. I want us to pray right now. Could, could we do that in a moment? I'm going to invite our, our prayer partners to join us here at the front so that we can, we can pray for those of you in the building uh, in San Antonio who have things going on in your heart or you would like someone to agree with, agree with you for this specific prayer. We'll do that in just a moment after we finish with this prayer. But join me, will you, if, if this is in your heart to do. Lord, I, we, we, we believe your word is true. We believe every syllable of Romans chapter 5, verse 5 is the truth. That it is your heart, it is your desire that your spirit cause your love for us to be poured out in our hearts, shed abroad in our hearts. Lord, whatever all of that means, would you please do that for your people, Lord Jesus? Where there's something we need to repent of, where there's some lie we've been believing, some, something we're doing that, just, that, that, that we know you've already shown us, it doesn't need to be in our lives, an attitude or whatever, Lord, we, we confess that. We, we repent of that sin that might in any way hinder this prayer getting through. Lord, we're asking you to cleanse us of any sin known and unknown. And then our, our prayer is, Lord, will you please cause the love of God, knowing that you love me, Lord, know in the face of all this other stuff that's happening and going on and being said, Lord, I'm asking you to do what Paul talked about, that you would cause your love be shed abroad in my heart so that I will know that I'm hearing you say to me, I love you. I love you. I love you. Lord, we make that request, believing that your word is true and that what is spoken in your word reveals your heart. And we are making this request in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is our prayer. Amen and amen. God bless you. God bless you. Prayer partners, if you'll join us here at the front, please. And thank you for your encouragement, your prayers. Thank you for your support in many ways. And these, the Pastor Walker at AlamoCity.org, um, your prayer requests. We, we, we just were so grateful that you're letting us into your lives, be able to pray with you and stand with you for the things that you're believing in the Lord to do and needing for him to do. We, we want to agree with you at that point. Just give us enough information so that we can agree with you. And then thank you for the financial support, folks. Um, it, just, it just means so very much for us to be able to continue to do the things that that we're doing, that we trust our, our help to you and, and others that are part of our, our streaming family and, and our ministry, the ministries going on in San Antonio and the ones around the world that we continue to, to support. Thank you for your help. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Amen.